Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Two of our broadcasts on this Thursday. I mentioned this is Therapeutic Thursday. <laughs> and we have some very uh, clever listeners in this broadcast and texters, including this person. Does Therapeutic Thursday involve booze? I need something right now with all the mess going on in this country. (laughs) I know exactly what you are talking about. On the serious side, this is what we will be delving into. You're about to connect with someone who is a highly regarded voice in pro-life causes for almost three decades. Her speaking engagements spanning across the U.S. and abroad. She started her career in pro-life causes while seeking help from her local pregnancy resource center for abortion trauma. The center director quickly sent her to a forgiven and set free weekend retreat where she found healing. Soon going from volunteer to staff member, eventually the CEO. She's a person who credits the center with solidifying her work in pro-life causes and after abortion trauma recovery and education. In fact, her own abortion stories garnered well over 15 million streams and or views. She's the founder of Reassemble, a nonprofit ministry offering after abortion trauma recovery to both men and women. And yes, I said men and women through one-on-one counseling group sessions and weekend retreats around the country. Reassemble also provides education awareness on the damaging effects of abortion, which very few people want to talk about. Also the author of They Lied to Us, a compilation of women's stories of abortion. Now in its fifth print, her second book, They Lied to Us 2, focuses on men and abortion. And this is a very important subject as well. We will discuss all of these And we're very, very thankful to welcome to this broadcast for the very first time, Victoria Robinson. Uh, Thanks a lot for coming on today, making time for us. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Vince. And thanks for that great introduction. Well, it's uh, it's my pleasure. It is my pleasure. This is, as as I'm sure you know from experience, not an easy subject to talk about. But one of the things I was so encouraged about when a mutual friend of ours reached out to me on this subject, I just believe there are so many people out there suffering in silence 
because this issue is so driven by politics and political discussion. And what's really missing at the end of the day is a focus on human beings, human suffering. And uh, you have adequately addressed this issue. And I, I, I'm very thankful for that. Tell us your story. How did this all begin for you, Victoria? Can you hear me okay, Vince? I've got you. Still have okay. you loud and clear. Okay, good. Um, I started getting involved in pro-life issues because of my own decision to abort 35 years ago at an abortion clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was a single mother with two little girls, and when they were nine months old and three, their father decided he didn't want to be married anymore, so he left me. And he left me without any financial support, emotional support. The girls were in a lot of pain because daddy just disappeared and never showed back up. And so I had to deal with that trauma with my children, the trauma of my self-esteem being shot to pieces because I thought I was going to be married forever. So it, it was easy for me to get involved with someone after my husband left, which I did about a year later. And nine months after that relationship started, I was pregnant. Now, I would have told you, Vince, I was pro-life, even at that time. I was never really involved in pro-life or pro-choice uh, causes, didn't really talk about the abortion issue. It was just never something that came up, up in, in discussion. I do remember having one friend who'd had seven or eight abortions, and she would talk about them so flippantly, like, you know, I, yeah, I sleep around because if I get pregnant, I'll just get another abortion. And it ended our friendship. So I would have said... I was pro-life, and now here I was in a crisis pregnancy, the mother of two small children without any financial support, working 12 to 14 hours a day, trying to make ends meet, and now I'm pregnant. So when I went to my boyfriend, the last thing I thought he would say would be abortion because we had said the I love yous, we were going to make plans for a future, but he did. He said, we're not ready, we're not married, we'll get married later and have children later, but I think right now the best decision for us is an abortion. I called the abortion clinic in Charlotte, shared that and a lot more of my story with her and the kind, compassionate woman on the phone who needed to secure my appointment for the bottom line for the abortion industry, which is greed, um, continued to tell me that there was nothing there but a blob of tissue or a clump of cells. I was so early, six to eight weeks pregnant, so there wasn't any baby in my body and that I would be a very selfish woman and a very selfish mother to bring another person to feed when I could barely feed the two I had. So when a woman's in a crisis like that and she's so vulnerable, Vince, it is easy for an abortion industry that's trained to say all the right things to manipulate her into believing this is the best choice. But the woman who walked in that abortion clinic was not the same woman who walked out. And for 10 years of my life, I buried it. I lived in guilt and shame, the regret. I didn't tell anyone for fear of rejection. Nobody would want to be my friend. I got involved with men who were abusive because I thought I deserved that. Being knocked around, cheated on. Well, I killed my baby. So did I really believe I deserved anything better than that? And so it took 10 years before I walked into a pregnancy resource center in Concord, North Carolina, and it changed my life forever when I found abortion trauma recovery. And I have been doing these retreats 
for 25, 26 years now, the same retreat I went through myself, by the time that Thursday to Sunday was over, I said to those facilitators, every woman needs to know about this, and I want you to train me to learn how to do what you did for me so I can do this for them. Hmm. It's such a powerful, powerful testimony that you've shared here. And, you know, one of the things that, that I think is so unfortunate is uh, the what you're told. And going back to the conversation, we only have a minute here before this first break. Uh, but at the end of the day, in your heart, you never believed this was just tissue. You always knew better. Of course, Vince. I was a mother of two children, and when I sat in the abortion clinic before I gave her the money that day of my appointment, I was crying, and I said, I have two children. I know the outcome of a pregnancy. Are you sure this is okay? And she said, honey, it's not even a real person yet. You're so early, and do you think our government would allow this to be legal if it could harm you in any way? That's a whole other program. Yep, I, I'm i sure we could do a whole program on the wonderful yeah. truths communicated by government. We're up against a hard break here. Coming up, we're going to talk more about this, this road to healing for Victoria, but also this very important subject, the impact on men. This is not an exclusive women's issue. Don't let anybody tell you that lie. We'll talk about that as we continue. Therapeutic Thursday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. back and we continue our conversation with Victoria Robinson and again this is not a political discussion this is a heart-to-heart conversation about the true impact of abortion 
not just on the life that was lost, the baby, but on the lives that have been wrecked by having a baby destroyed in this way. Uh, Victoria, I first want to quickly uh, get to your story and how you experienced healing. Uh, if you could just describe well, for us in a, in a kind of a condensed fashion, what was the turning point for you in experiencing forgiveness and redemption and healing? Well, some people may not want to hear this. I don't know what kind of audience you have, but I'll tell you in one word, it was Jesus. Uh, I, I looked in every way that I could for healing for 10 years, and it wasn't until I went to this Forgiven and Set Free Bible study for specifically for women who've had abortions that my life was transformed in those four days. And when I showed up on that Thursday event, I said to the two facilitators, look, I've begged God for 10 years to not let me feel this way anymore. I live in this shame and this guilt and regret, and I've pleaded and pleaded, and I still feel it. So I don't know how you're going to help me in four days. And they said, well, we're just happy you're here. And by Sunday, I can tell you, uh, I was, I'm the first one that will admit I was wrong. My life was completely changed in three and a half days because it is an intensive weekend retreat specifically designed for those women. And there's also a, a, a study for men now, too, to just deal with the abortion issue. Well, we're so uh, grateful for the fact that you have experienced uh, healing and restoration. I want to talk about men and the time that we have left here, because uh, I, I think on this abortion subject, we've got people, radical activists, who really have no concept of reality or of human beings, really, uh, all together. And the truth of the matter is, uh, there are men who are profoundly affected by this. Tell us about what happens to men and what needs to happen there? I'm so glad we're talking about men. As a matter of fact, I never go anywhere anymore events without talking about the men and abortion issue. And it came about because for those 10 years that I was dealing and struggling with the abortion decision, I grew to hate our government for what they allow to happen in this country every day at the 2,700 babies a day aborted today, Vince. It's our America's Holocaust. I, was, I grew angry at the abortionists, of course, the abortion clinics, um, the pro-choice people who aren't telling the truth, my boyfriend who pressured me, and at God. And so when I went through that healing, the retreat I just mentioned, that I actually now have been trained to do and have been doing for 26 years myself and facilitating them, I called my boyfriend afterwards when I felt the need to write my first book, They Lied to Us. And when it was about to be published, I felt like he had the right to know. I wanted him to be assured there were no identifying factors about him in the book. So when I called him, we had broken up. Nine out of ten times when an abortion occurs, couples don't make it because of the traumatic experience abortion is. So we hadn't spoken since we broke up a year after our abortion. When I called him, all I said was, hey, it's me. And he recognized my voice immediately and began to weep. He was crying so hard, Vince, I couldn't understand what he was trying to say in between sobbing. So when he finally um, got himself together and composed himself, he said, Vic, I've been waiting for this call for over a decade. 
to beg you for, for, your, for your forgiveness. But what I made you do has haunted me all these years. And for eight years, I've been in therapy dealing with it. I should have protected you and our baby, and I failed you both. It is not natural for us to kill our children. And what I realized in that conversation was, number one, I hadn't fully forgiven him, which I, I offered him that. And it, it helped my healing become full circle. But the second thing I realized was, oh, my gosh, I hadn't thought about the men. But these babies have mothers and fathers events, and women were created by God to nurture, to care for our children, and to give life. So it's not natural for us to kill our children. So when a woman realizes what she's done, that's why it becomes so devastating to her. For men, God made men to protect to be the safety for their women and their children, to go out and bring home the food, etc. And so when they realize I failed my own flesh and blood, my own child by not protecting them, they're just as devastated. So when the world tells men, sit in the corner, shut up, it's not your body, what I say to them is, it's not her body either. And these children have fathers and they deserve to be heard. And that's why I wrote my second book, They Lied to Us, too, because I had been hearing from so many men saying, thank you. Thank you for speaking up for us because I've kept this secret because nobody wants to hear about my pain because I'm the man. Yep. I hear you. We have, in fact, a texter who has sent this message. I got my girlfriend pregnant when I was 17. She was 16. Her mom insisted on an abortion. I'm 51. It kills me every day to think of what this baby could have been. I never have had children of my own. I feel so guilty. What does a man like this do? First of all, I want to say, sir, I am so very sorry for your loss. And I am so sorry that you didn't have a say in your own child's life. And what I would tell you is get in touch with someone like me either your local pregnancy resource center that offer after abortion trauma recovery, or reach out to me. Go to my website, victoriarobinson.org, and send me a message, and we can start you on that road to recovery and healing. There is help available for you. And um, I, I understand, I empathize, and I sympathize, but I want you to know that God can redeem your life, and he can take that pain, and he can turn your pain into a purpose. Victoria, this has been an extraordinary conversation. Unfortunately, we are reaching the end of our time. We've got a hard break here coming up. Uh, you've provided information on how people can contact you, which I think is absolutely awesome. And really, there's only time left uh, for, uh, for me to say to you, just thank God for what you do. And God bless you. And may you continue to, to bring healing and hope and restoration and, and sound the alarm about this very, very important subject. Uh, Victoria Robinson, thanks a lot for coming on the broadcast today. Thank you for having me, Vince, and I look forward to doing this again sometime. All right. God bless you. Have a great day. Over on the text line, 
hope I can read through this with continuity. I've never heard anyone tell me they thought choosing to have an abortion was a moral thing to do. The morality of how the left frames it is wrapped up in it's the woman's choice to have one or not. When you have a society that justifies choices made in life which are based on what's best for you and your feelings in the moment as opposed to what's the moral thing to do, well, let's just look around at what's happening in our country today. Yeah, it's quite a scene, isn't it? There's a song out called There Goes My Life, which the details give ramifications of decisions early in life. It's well worth a listen if you've not heard it. Thanks for all you do, Vince. Maybe we can still turn this thing around. We also have this. Thank you guys for having her on. I had to pull over. I was crying so hard after listening to her. I will definitely be in touch with her. And those of you who have been affected in some way, I'd love to hear from you and how this helps your journey. Because again, you know, I, I think to Rush and his reference to the media, the drive-by media, we can refer to the abortion industry as drive-by killers. You know, they've got their money. They've succeeded in their political ambitions, their business enterprise. And now everybody just moves on, except for the people who carry the weight of horrendous decisions the rest of their lives without spiritual intervention. That's, thank God, Victoria Robinson and many others have experienced. I want to touch on a couple of deaths of note. By now, I'm sure you've heard the news about the death of Bruton Smith. No stranger here in the Carolinas. Longtime fixture in NASCAR, Hall of Fame inductee. He built and promoted auto racing events nationwide. He died at the age of 95, natural causes. Marcus Smith, his son and president of the company his father led for decades, said on social media, while we mourn the passing of my father, we also rejoice for the life he lived and for the amazing legacy he left to inspire us all. The story in The Observer talks about how Alan Bruton Smith, born in 1927, same year my father was born, by the way, Worked as a track promoter before making his mark designing and building Charlotte Motor Speedway. A 1.5-mile oval now known for annually hosting NASCAR's longest race at 600 miles in length. The track's first 600-miler held at its grand opening back in 1960. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Bruton Smith, passing away at the age of 95. I also want you to be aware of another loss that has taken place in the upstate. His name is Austin Derrick Aldridge, a South Carolina deputy. 
shot just doing his job responding to a domestic incident. He died Tuesday night from an injury received after getting ambushed. Ambushed. Spartanburg County Coroner Rusty Clevenger appealing to all of us to keep the family of Deputy Aldridge and his extended family, the Sheriff's Office, in your thoughts and prayers. Tremendous time of loss and of grief. Deputy Aldridge's widow and family have asked for privacy in the initial stages of her grief. Understandable. A statement put out true to his servant's heart. Austin was both an organ and tissue donor. They transported him from the hospital to Columbia for that procedure. And about 70 people will benefit from his generous donation. So again, please keep family of Austin Derek Aldridge in your prayers just 25 years old 25 years old doing his job to protect and to serve and in the midst of doing so he loses his own life can we also as we remember him and his family that we also remember those who are serving in this role every single solitary day, putting their lives on the line, pray for their safety, that they would be at a place of comfort and peace, give them wisdom as they deal with so many dangerous circumstances day in and day out. Ah, wow. I'm trying to, um, I'll just share this one more text before we go to break. Vince, I was 18, 1983, the abortion clinic never let me see the ultrasound or hear my baby's heartbeat. No options or tell what would happen to my baby. My old boyfriend, still in contact with every October is so hard. I hope you're able to find the healing and the restoration that um, you need just putting that out there very important Vince that abortion story powerful thanks for showing both sides of the issue for women as well as men great commentary another person making reference to that song there goes my life makes me cry every time stay with us Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Thursday. And what a show it has been. Time for us now to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, sir. Great to have you back. So have you terribly missed this segment while uh, it was gone? Yes, I really have. Okay. I've, I've missed making a fool of myself <laughs> on a it's, day in history. It's not that bad. <laughs> we have a total of nine questions. Oh, nice. We begin in 1863. 
This person signed a peace treaty with the Lenni Lenape Indians. Now, if I tell you the state it is from, okay, this man is from the state of Pennsylvania. His first name is William. And what is his last name? The guy who signed the treaty. Is it Penn? <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> I'm glad I got that one right, Vince. I'd been kicking myself if I didn't. If you did not, I'd reach through and I'd <laughs> wring your neck is what I would do. Nine, not 19, but 1868. Uh, we had a patent for this very significant invention. The problem was this very first version of this product was as big as a desk. As you know, it got better. This became a substitute for handwriting. And it carries through to today with what we do with um, computers. What was this invention in 1868 that was patented? Was it a typewriter? A typewriter. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. To think it goes way, way back there and it was so huge. 1940, this, uh, well, what would you call him, tyrannical leader, did a tour of Paris in 1940 on this date. Who was it? Oh, it wasn't a, Hitler, it, was it? It was Adolf Hitler, indeed. Wow. Did not, it was not 100% sure on that one. But you guessed appropriately. Got it right. 1956, Abdel Nasser. Won 99.95 of the vote to become the president of this North African country. By the way, <laughs> it was the only name on the ballot. Isn't that wonderful? What country did he serve as the first president of? Oh. North I'm, Africa. I'm not sure if this is in North Africa, but I'm going to guess Nigeria. No, we're talking oh. about Egypt. Okay. Egypt. 1969, Warren Burger sworn in for this very important role on the Supreme Court. There's really only one significant role that's set apart from the others. What is it? Warren Burger, 1969. Uh, would it be the chair of the Supreme Court? Is there Actually, another name for it? Actually, it's called the Chief Justice. Chief Justice. Is the actual name. Chief Justice, and right now, John Roberts is the Chief Justice of the current court. 1972. Uh, this is a difficult one to give a hint about. Um, uh, this is basically... It's something enacted that federally funded schools cannot discriminate against anyone based on gender. It's gotten a lot of attention recently with the redefinition of gender. Oh, no. Do you know what this particular legislation is called? I do not. It's by a number. It's called Title Nine. Title was, Nine. It was enacted in 1972. 1989, this person's version of Batman was released to mixed reviews who did this one as in like directed it created it stuff yes like that? oh i think he also did i'm trying to think of a movie that he did as well uh maybe i can jar a good hint into you uh, I know there's a famous movie that he 
any case, mm, not sure about this. Can't one. give any good hints here. It's Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. 1992, this mobster sentenced to life in prison got a lot of attention then. I recognize you probably weren't around then. In 1992, who was this mobster? Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, is it Al Capone? No, it's actually John Gotti. John, John Gotti yep. is his name. Yep. 1993, how about this one? I know you weren't here, but you've probably heard stories about this guy. His wife, Lorena... Uh, helped to make him a house, household name. Lorena Bobbitt? <laughs> yeah, I yes. remember that story. That's a crazy story. What is his, what is his name? Oh, um, oh, man. Oh, Vince. I can't remember his first name. What is it? John, John. Wayne Bobbitt. John Wayne Bobbitt. Yes. Yes. This was uh, quite a sordid episode in history. As you remember, his wife cut off his uh, member. Oh, yes. We'll just put it that way. Yes. <laughs> so that's a look at the day in history. How would you like to uh, travel across the Pacific? How would that be for a journey for you? That'd be pretty cool. In a boat? You'd do it? Mm. God. I've been on one cruise before, Vince, and I was very young. So I don't know how I'd feel about it now, being on a boat. It's just, you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we get a load of this. An 83-year-old Japanese adventurer returned home Saturday after successfully completing his solo non-stop voyage across the Pacific. He's now the oldest person to actually reach that milestone. His name is Kenichi Hori, and he arrived in the Key Strait off Japan's west coast, completing his trans-Pacific voyage in 69 days after leaving a yacht harbor in San Francisco back in March. The latest achievement for this guy, who in 1962 became the first person in the world to successfully complete a, na a solo non-stop voyage across the Pacific from Japan to San Francisco. And this time around, 60 years later, he did the opposite route. It's pretty cool, huh? At 83 years of age. Pretty awesome stuff. That's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us in the broadcast. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Take care. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 